The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 13. We'd like to start by thanking our new patrons, Anthony Diaz, R. Dizzle, Rigel Heisler, Alexandra Beck, Sarah Johnson, Mata Romera, Alicia Rogers, Susan Morangiello Koenig, and Vicious Nerdu. Hmm, wait a second. Isn't that Caleb? What the hell, Caleb? Caleb, you work with us. If you don't listen to the end credits, Caleb is our music guy. Caleb, you're not allowed to give us money. We love you and we appreciate it, but we are banning you from the Patreon. To everyone else, we couldn't do this without you. Patrons get access to our Patreon-exclusive Discord, where you can chat with us about the show or whatever else is on your mind. This month, we had our very first patron movie night, suggested by a member of the Discord server, and we want to have many, many more of those. You can also get on there and make fun of me for the time during movie night when I meant to type tentacles, but I actually type testicles. If you want to make fun of me for embarrassing typos, sign up to the Patreon, join the Discord, and jump in. Patrons also get bloopers, behind-the-scenes audio, and weekly updates on the show. Stickers, t-shirts, and coffee mugs, too. Sign up to support the show at patreon.com forward slash 13pod. Speaking of merch, we have a couple new designs that we're excited to have available. We were mentioned on another show recently, and we were described as very ghosty, and obviously we loved it, so get your very ghosty shirts, mugs, and other designs. We also have sometimes sexy, always spooky shirts, mugs, hoodies, and more. So check out our new merch designs. There's a link in the show notes. This month, we have a story by our very own music composer, Caleb Ritchie. The story is performed by Zach Labresco from Wolf 359, Unseen, and other great shows. We also have Brett Keating. Brett is a professional actor, voice actor, and writer, and we're glad to have him with us for this month's episode. And with that, on with the show. I don't have a problem. Whatever is a good word for something that's almost a problem, that's what I have. Something problem-adjacent. Some people would 100% believe that a six-pack or a half-fifth a day is a problem. But I get to work on time. I'm a high performer and get good evaluations. I make good money. I became a homeowner just a few months ago. And what happens in my home? That's my business. Every weekday at 6am, I'm going to wake up, shower, get dressed, pop two ibuprofen, and hope it works. By 7, I'll be in my car. 
I'll get to work 15 minutes early. I'll work an hour or two past the end of my shift before I go home. Sober the whole time. If I have an outing with friends, a family function, an errand to run, I'll make it. I'll bring the best dish to the potluck, the most expensive gift to a birthday party. Not a drop of alcohol in me. I don't have a problem. Or, at least I don't think I do. At least if I do, there's not much use in changing it. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it just get replaced by something worse. It's Friday, and I'm nearing the end of my shift. I'm ahead of my work, so I don't plan to go into the office tomorrow. I do most Saturdays, but it's been a rough week. Five minutes left to my shift, and I'm choosing my vices ahead of time. I have enough for a bowl at home. I'll need a fifth of gin, maybe beer. If I go with beer, I can just swing by a gas station on the way back. But if I stop by a liquor store, I could pick up some clove cigars. I check Grinder on my brakes a few times, but nobody's really biting, and I think I'm okay with that. I don't like to mix hookups with my other vices. I always want to keep my wits about me if I'm meeting a stranger. And I'm really counting on a few drinks tonight. It's six o'clock now, and I can leave. I nod at my co-workers and exchange pleasant goodbyes. Have a good weekend. See you Monday. Stay out of trouble. That last one is usually the one I say to other people. Nobody's ever really thought to say it to me. It's just over 30 minutes before I'm opening my front door. From the front door, I can see almost the entire house. Open floor plan. Living room in front. Small hallway to the left with the bedrooms and a bathroom. Kitchen straight ahead. A small utility room with a back door on the kitchen's right. I walk to the kitchen to make a trade with my freezer. It gets a fifth of gin, and I get a frozen pizza. I'm almost out of these, so I write pizza on the grocery list pad that's on the fridge. I get groceries on the weekend, so it's tomorrow's problem. After dinner, I tidy up the place like the responsible adult that I am. And now I get to pour a drink of the freezer's gin. The freezer won't mind. It never does. On weekdays, the drink would come before dinner. Doesn't make sense to waste alcohol on a buzz that's dulled by food. Best to get that buzz first and soak it up later when I'm getting ready for bed. Makes for a lighter hangover. But that's because I have to take it easy on weekdays. Tomorrow is Saturday, and I get to sleep in. Food first. See? There's a ritual device. The first part of the evening is gin. I drink about half the fifth, enough to get a decent buzz going, and then chain smoke outside. After 10 p.m., I get to pack a bowl, and then I alternate between drinking inside and cigarettes outside until I'm ready for bed. I found this is the best order, best ratios, best come down. At least it is if I don't drink the entire fifth. But it's been a long week, and 
before I even know it, it's 2am and I've spent four hours watching reaction videos and lectures from BreadTube. I've switched from clothes back to cigarettes outside and the gin is gone. I kinda wish I had bought more, but I guess sober me knows better. I hate going to bed. Going to bed means the day is over, and whatever it is that work took out of me during the week, I never feel like I get it back by the time I have to go to sleep. So I put out my cigarette and flick the butt to the corner of my patio and start another video on my phone. I don't have a proper backyard, just a 10 by 10 concrete slab surrounded by gravel surrounded by a fence. There used to be a tree, but the HOA sent a notice that it was against code, so now it's gone. I finish another cigarette and then open my back door to head in. Inside, I don't know why the lights are out. I don't even realize at first until I've got the flashlight on my phone pointed at the floor. I'm stumbling toward the kitchen and swearing, and it takes long seconds before I remember I can turn on a light switch. So I turn on the light in the kitchen. I head to the bathroom. I've knocked into a couple walls on my way, and I'm pretty sure I'll be sore tomorrow. Just as I'm pulling up my pants and flushing, the light goes out. I don't really even register it until I'm trying to fasten my belt and notice that I can't see. It's weird. I don't remember flipping the switch off. Without thinking, I switch the light on and fasten my belt. While washing my hands slowly, head swimming, I sense movement behind me. I turn just as the light turns out. I'm still for a second but I don't hear anything. I get moving again because if I sit still, I feel sick. I think that something must be wrong with the breaker because when I leave, the lights in the kitchen are out too. I grab a seltzer water out of the fridge. It's my last. When I grab the pen to write on the grocery list, I see something that jolts me out of my stupor. On my grocery list is one word. A word I know I didn't write. It's written so forcefully that it's indented the pages beneath the top. It says, Leave. I don't know how long I stare at it, pen in hand. But eventually, underneath it, I write, Seltzer water. I put the pen back on the fridge, and after thinking a little, I take out my phone. Siri, remind me to check the breaker tomorrow. I walk to my bedroom before I realize I left the light on in the kitchen. I turn around just in time to see the pen from the fridge flying through the air and hear a click as the light turns off. And then I don't see anything at all. I don't remember getting to my bed, but that's where I wake up. I look toward my phone trying to figure out what noise it's making, and through bleary eyes I see that it's a grinder notification. It's also 2pm. I put my phone down and look at the roof. I'm trying to remember what happened last night. I went pretty hard on the gin, but I feel like there was more to it than that. I have a sharp ass headache. So I moved taking care of that to the top of my list. 
I can piece together last night whenever the light on my phone stops hurting my eyes. I get up and take two ibuprofen and take a Gatorade out of the fridge. It's my last, which makes sense because Saturday is grocery day. When I look for the list to write down Gatorade, it's gone. Looking around the kitchen, I realize that the place is a mess. I must have trashed it last night. Random pots and pans are scattered on the counter. The sink spray head is pulled all the way out, the hose fully extended. What had I been doing? I'm not hungry, but I know I should eat something. I grab the last pizza out of the freezer, and when I close it, I see the grocery list. I don't know how I missed it earlier. I rub my eyes. Maybe I should cut back. I don't usually black out, and I hate it when I do. I hate not knowing what I did the night before. My phone lights up. Another grinder notification. And a reminder to check my breaker. I don't know why. Everything is working. While I'm preheating the oven, I open the app to see what's happening. I've got 13 missed messages from one person. That's never good. I check out his profile before reading them. Some grad student. I remember seeing him on before. He's been on Grinder for a while. I may have even hit him up, but he had never responded. Dude is very hot and way out of my league. And too young, anyway. Ten years never felt like a lot when I was hooking up with older guys in my 20s, but it feels like a century now. I open the conversation and scroll up and realize that we talked last night at length. At length for Grinder, anyway. God damn it, how much had I had to drink? Maybe it's okay, though because he was clearly into whatever I was talking about, judging by the pictures we started exchanging. The oven dinged to let me know it was preheated. I put in the pizza and, against my better judgment, started figuring out how to make my house and myself look suitable enough for company. I need to eat, get rehydrated, maybe take a nap. A couple more ibuprofen later, I could clean my kitchen. I'm getting ahead of myself. What did we even talk about? I looked at the first message. It was from me to him five months ago. The next was from me to him two months later and was exactly the same as the first, which is what happens when I forget I already messaged somebody. Yikes. But last night, the first message after was from him to me. Okay, then. Don't know if I'd want the ghost involved right away. Maybe it's just the two of us, and he can watch it first. Winky face. I read it again. I hadn't messaged him first last night. What could he... Oh no. Oh god no. I look at my profile. It is not how I left it the day before. I must have changed it last night while I was drunk. My headline was three-way with ghost and I wrote that anybody into a good haunting should HMU drunk me probably thought that was funny I almost erase it but maybe I should check out that message chain first I had flirted back awkwardly typos were everywhere god we exchanged pictures 
he was hot. This being Grinder at 3am, the conversation turned pretty quickly to what each of us liked doing. Just a laundry list of what I was into. Pretty normal. Except, he mentioned the ghost a couple more times. And liking haunted places. Oh. I had either passed out or thought the ghost thing was weird because I stopped messaging. And then he had messaged me and sent more pictures 13 times between then and now. I had changed my profile to something drunk me thought was funny and accidentally stumbled onto this guy's fetish. And he was apparently pretty excited about it. I hear a boop from the message chain again. Don't leave me on red, man. Really, wanna meet? I'm free now. He sent another picture. Visual evidence of his excitement. I messaged him back. Nice. And then, sorry man, hella hungover right now. You free tonight? No, I have work tonight. I work tomorrow, too. We messaged back and forth trying to find a time. He works evenings, it turns out. Did academic shit in the mornings and afternoons. He had last night off, but that wasn't normal. Of course. After letting the conversation taper off, with each of us saying we'd hit the other up if we saw each other on sometime, he messages again. Tell me everything that happened last night. I pull up his profile again. 26. Grad student. Hobbies include running and swimming and working out. He's just looking for friends. Goofy grin on his last picture after all the serious ones. <sighs> what the hell? I don't remember much, but some details were coming back to me. I tell him that the kitchen was trashed this morning. He asked for a picture of the kitchen, so I took one. I tell him my grocery list says leave on it, and sent him a picture of it too. While I'm messaging this to him, I remember the lights, so I write him about that. About feeling something behind me in the bathroom when I was washing my hands, but... That's all that I remember. It's pretty hazy, I finish up. He sent another picture and a winky face. He had finished up too. I very definitely don't have a thing for ghosts. I don't even believe in ghosts. And I am pretty sure I don't have a ghost in my house. I had a lot to drink and smoke last night and confused myself. But it had been a while since a really attractive guy and I had talked, so I played it up. I don't feel great about it, but I did. Saturday night, he starts messaging me while he's at work. I turn off push notifications from Grindr on my phone. This isn't cute anymore. I know better. I finally beat the hangover. I clean up my kitchen. I go out to grab groceries. I come back and open my front door, looking past the open living room to the kitchen behind it. Everything is just as I left it. I don't have any gin tonight. Clearly, gin is a problem. 
I drank a six-pack of beer, smoke a bowl, and called a night pretty early. 11 p.m. I don't see any unexpected lights turning out. My grocery list stays on the fridge. I take out my phone and look at the grinder icon, but I don't open it. I just go to bed. I treat Sunday as a pretty normal day. Usually, Sunday is a day I hook up with somebody, but I don't feel like checking Grinder right now. Instead, I buy another eighth off a friend and head back home. On the way, I pass a liquor store and almost stop in. But tomorrow is Monday and I can't go hard tonight. I just drive home. I turn on the TV, smoke, and binge watch something on Netflix. I never really pay close attention. It's just something to make time pass. It's still early evening and this strain of bud is not doing it for me, but I can't drive now to get booze. I have hours to go before I want to go to bed and I'm still not high enough. I take out my phone again. I'm in Grinder and looking at the message chain before I know it. I had a couple messages from other guys, but I was on for one in particular. He had messaged a couple times throughout the day. Nothing notable, just, hey. He was online. You should be working, I say. I'm a very bad employee. He sends a selfie from the desk where he's working. That's risky, I say. I know. What are you up to, apart from telling me how to do my job? I don't know what gets into me, but I head to the bathroom and stand in front of the mirror. I take my shirt off and take a few pictures, trying to get one that doesn't look terrible. On the last one, just as the flash goes off, the light in the bathroom goes off too. I send it to him. Sorry. Hard to take a picture. Ghost keeps turning the light off. There's a pause as three dots let me know he's writing something. It's either an essay or he keeps erasing what he writes because he doesn't know what to say. After a few minutes... You're not pulling my leg, are you? I would never. Guys have made me feel really dumb. I'm a little confused. I'm not trying to make you feel dumb, I'm just horny, lol. And you're not weirded out by it? At this point, I'm struggling very much to figure out what I am supposed to say next. By what, I ask? By the ghost thing? Oh. No, n not really my thing, but... I mean, I've got a ghost. Seems a shame not to use it. There's another pause. Okay, so... I'm not even close to sober. I don't know if there's a ghost or not, just sometimes the lights go out and things move around, but that could just be me. I drink a lot, man. You're not serious. At this point, I'm close to giving up. No? Yes? Serious about what? About weird things happening? Yes. About drinking a lot? Yes, but... The whole ghost thing was just on my profile because I was really, really drunk and some weird stuff happened to me that night. 
He sends a picture to me. It's the same one that I sent to him. You don't see it? I look really closely at the picture. And then I do see it. Behind me, on the light switch, there's the vague outline of a hand. I jump and get out of the bathroom. I leave the light out, too. Holy shit, man, I write him. That's real? Yes, it's real. Holy shit, I gotta get out of here, I write. I'm grabbing my keys. Maybe I can stay at a hotel. I can hear something move in the kitchen. I'm leaving already, just give me a minute, I yell. After a minute, he messages me. It's really slow here. I told my coworker that I had to catch up on grading. What's your address? I stop in my tracks. Dude, I'm getting out of here, I tell him. Has it done anything to hurt you, man? No, but I'm not waiting for it to start. Don't fucking move. He spends a long time writing something to me and then sends a very large, very detailed paragraph. I blush when I'm less than halfway through reading it. While I'm reading it, he sends a picture and gives me his phone number. I don't think I just text him my address. If I wanted to feel high, this adrenaline was sure doing the trick. I'm nervous about whatever the fuck was in my bathroom and kitchen. I'm nervous about what it'll do. I'm nervous about how our hookup is going to go. The man is hot, but it's not like the ghost thing is bad. It's just so specific. Eventually, my doorbell rings and I answer the door. Hey. Hey. I gesture vaguely inside and he comes in. I close the door and motion him towards the couch. I'm Darren. Ben. Sorry, I smoked a lot in here. He pushes me onto the couch and straddles me. I can feel the warmth of him. He smells good. Hey, I say. It's not that I'm not into this. I'm just... I'm still keyed up and kind of freaked out and... I don't know why insecure word vomit is coming out of me, but he laughs and then quiets me with a kiss. Hey, just let me do the driving, okay? Afterward, I'm still feeling awkward. It was a really good time, but we were finished. Twice, actually. And staying the night is not really a thing with a hookup. He stands up and starts to get dressed. Uh, I say, running my hand through my hair. Thanks for stopping by, man. He grins and buckles his pants. Anytime. I had fun. I'm looking at my kitchen and waiting for anything to happen. He follows my gaze and steps over to me, his shirt still unbuttoned. Look at me. 
Did you have a good time? I nod. If anything happens, let me know. Text. Don't use the app. I want to know as soon as it happens. He grabs my chin. Understand? I nodded. He gives me a half grin. It'll be worth it. I promise. He lightly slaps my cheek, finishes dressing, and heads out the door. Week after next is spring break. Starts on Wednesday. I'm taken off work, and I won't have any grading or classes in the day. Oh, I say. I have work. He smiles. Sure. If you get out of that, though, you know how to reach me. And then he's gone. The next day I wasn't late to work, but I am not 15 minutes early. After work I head home and I stay stone cold sober. I need to know what's happening in my house. I look at my photo reel on my phone. The picture with the hand is grayed out, the whole photo fading. I can't make out much of anything. In Grinder, the same has happened in the photo I sent Ben. I texted Ben as soon as I noticed. He just texts back, Whoa. And that's it. Fair enough. I'm not really much for texting with a hookup unless we're actually trying to plan a time to get together, but I'm slightly disappointed for some reason that we didn't talk more. Maybe if there was something more exciting happening. But nothing exciting happens. Not a single light flickers. The grocery list stays put. I don't know if I'm relieved or not. Tuesday passes by the same. Wednesday too. He texts. Anything? No. Are you doing anything different this week? No, I say. But then I remember that I'm sober. That shouldn't matter, yeah? But after Thursday and Friday roll around without a vent, and I wait on Ben to text, I wonder if maybe it does. Saturday, I'm up early. I actually do head into the office to get some work done. My boss is there too. She asks me into her office. Apparently, she noticed that I'm reaching the limit of my PTO accrual. I've got to start using vacation time or else it's wasted. She asks me when a good time is. I remember that spring break for the university starts this Wednesday. I'm halfway through asking if that's too short notice before I have second thoughts. And by then, she's already approved that time and is writing the request slip and signing it. I text Ben when I get home that day to let him know. He's read the text almost immediately. He doesn't text back. This is so dumb. I hook up all the time. What is it about this guy? So now it's Saturday night. And I'm home. And on my way home from work, I picked up a handle of gin. I grabbed some ice from the freezer and put it in a bowl. 
I bring it, the handle, a glass, and some seltzer water into the living room. I don't want to push my luck. I'm not exactly feeling comfortable in the kitchen. Four drinks later, I'm feeling a little warm, so I head out to my backyard to smoke. And then when I get cold, I head back in for more gin. At this point, I'm thinking about texting Ben. But I refuse to make something up. And what am I going to text him? Neither of us is free until next week, and he may not even care about that because there's no haunting to report. I pack a bowl and start watching YouTube videos of seances. I started with mediums, but it turns out there's not much useful watching the Long Island medium talk to a plant in a studio audience. I'm just letting the YouTube algorithm herd me in the right direction. I step outside to smoke again. The gin is about halfway gone. I'm not seeing in double, but I'm not exactly seeing straight either. On my way out, the TV turns on. I look over and the channels are flicking by quickly. Get out. They stay on channels long enough for snippets of words or sounds. Get out. I hear get and out and after some static. Leave. Leave. I start to record on my phone and catch another get out. Get out. Each word from a different station. Leave. I send it to Ben and step outside. I don't mind to get out. I needed a cigarette anyway. Ben texts back and I look at my phone and leave the text alone. This time, he can wait. I smoke for a while and turn to head inside. In the window of the door, I see a figure standing there. It's just a silhouette. It's so tall. And when I try to open the door, it's locked. Deadbolted. There's no way I did this. My keys are inside. Christ. I head out the back gate and walk around to my front door. I have a spare key under a brick in the wall, close to the front window. I've moved the brick and I'm reaching for the key when I see the silhouette in the window again. I think of Ben and snap a picture and send it to him. The whole thing feels surreal. When I head inside the TV and all the lights are off, it's so quiet that the pounding in my head feels loud. I'm looking around for any sign of whatever was standing in here earlier. My phone goes off with another message from Ben. I almost read it. But sometimes when I drink, I get angry, and I wanted him to know that I didn't need to text him. I have a whole ghost to myself. Ben can fucking wait. I start slowly walking toward the couch. There's half a handle of gin on the coffee table next to a bowl of melted ice. Hell, I want another drink. I just want to lay down first. So I lay out on the couch and I realize that actually I'm probably calling it a night here. I don't move to get another drink of gin. The whole world is spinning and now I'm just trying not to be sick. I don't move when the TV turns on again. 
I don't move when I hear footsteps. And I don't move when I hear something breathing close to my face. Sorry, ghosty. I'm definitely calling it a night. The biggest difference between this time drinking gin and last time was that this time I didn't eat anything before or after. I forgot. So I'm incredibly hungover Sunday morning when I wake up on the couch. The static from the TV feels like it's driving spikes in my head. It's way too bright. I turn the TV off. I get some ibuprofen and move to my bed. I think this is going to be one of those days I just sleep away. I can wake up just in time to come in to work on Monday. Before I nod off a second time, I check my phone. I have a missed call and texts from Ben. Did I text him last night? I look at the texts. I had sent a video, but when I try to watch, it's grayed out and there's no sound. I read his texts after. Ben was turned on. And then he was worried. And then he asked if I was okay. A couple of times. And then he had called. I hadn't responded at all. I'm an asshole. I cleared my throat and called him. Hey. He's standoffish. I can get why. I'm fine. I'm very hungover. I hit the gin a little too hard last night. I guess the ghost doesn't like showing up if I'm sober. I passed out. He's quiet for a while. I'm glad you're alright, man. You sound like shit. I wince. I didn't think it was audible, but Ben seemed to notice. I'll let you sleep, man. Thanks. There's an awkward pause. See you Wednesday. And then he hangs up and I close my eyes. Just before I fall asleep, I hear the TV turn on again. Monday and Tuesday go by pretty quickly. I don't know what's changed, but Ben texts me a few times to ask about the ghost and if I remembered anything more. I don't. But as he asks me more questions, I realize that weird things have been happening to me since I moved into the place. Small things. Sometimes I might hear a sound I couldn't place. I'd get a feeling sometimes that I wasn't alone. Lights on or off when I didn't remember changing them. I'd been chalking it up to me being drunk or stoned, but now I'm not so sure. Last week when I was sober and watching for the ghost, that was the only time I had been sober in the house since I bought it and moved in. Sad, but true. I don't have a problem, just habits. But my habits are problem-adjacent. 
Tuesday, as I'm packing up at work, getting ready to leave, my boss passes by me. She tells me to enjoy my long weekend. And stay out of trouble, she says. That night, I'm staying up until Ben gets off work. He's coming straight to my place and staying the weekend. I get a text from him at 5. You better drink up. I stare at it a bit before I start the car to drive home. The whole thing feels really uncomfortable. I'm not really into the whole Dom dynamic, and when I have been, it's been with an older guy. From Ben, it just feels petulant and entitled. But when I'm home, it's not ten minutes before I'm into the handle again. I had even picked up more on my way back from work. I smoke and drink and watch videos about the paranormal and get myself good and spooked. It's dark in my house. I'm paranoid from whatever I'm smoking and afraid to turn on any lights so I just alternate between smoking outside and sitting on my couch. Every time I head out the back door, I pass by the kitchen. I don't know what I'm expecting. Maybe a light will turn on. Maybe I'll see that figure at the window again when I come in from the backyard. Maybe the TV will be on. Maybe the ghost will throw something at me. When the doorbell rings late that night, I am very drunk. I am also very scared. When I answer, I'm as relieved to not be alone in this house as I am for anything else. Ben pushes past me after I open the door. He throws his duffel bag on the couch. Your bed this time. He pulls me by the arm back to my own bedroom and pushes me onto the bed. I'm really drunk, I say. He looks at me for a second. Shit, you really are. He sighs and walks to the living room. I get up to follow. Stay there. I'm too drunk to really chafe at being told what to do, but I notice for sure. He comes back with a bowl. He packs it and smokes it, offers some to me. I take it. We sit there and don't talk much. I don't know if it's really okay for us to, you know, if you're this drunk. Last time felt different. I understand where he's coming from, but still feel pretty put out. He's the one that told me to drink. I mean, I would have been drunk anyway, but still. I furrow my brow and try very hard to make sure I'm not slurring any words. When I said I was really drunk, I just meant I drank enough for the ghost to start messing with shit. I'm fine. He looks skeptically at me, but I know he wants to believe me. Or at least I thought he did. Has it done anything yet? Today, I mean. I'm about to shake my head when I hear the TV in the other room come on. He darts up and practically runs to the living room. The TV is doing the talking trick. Get out. Static. Occasional words. Leave. Leave and get Get out. out. 
I leave the bed and walk about behind him. I put my arms around him and press against him. This really does it for you, I ask him. Yes. His breathing is heavy. You gonna do something about it? Ben turns around and faces me. You're too drunk, man. I'm not that guy. I pull him closer to me by his waist until we're pressed together. You scared? It's all a blur, but the TV is on and we're on the couch. I'm sure I'm not doing well, but mechanically, everything of mine is working. Ben seems just fine. I'm having a good enough time that I can kind of ignore the way he keeps looking at the TV. I'm not really concentrating well. The sounds from the TV and the sounds from Ben are blurring together, and eventually I phase out everything but Ben. He is beautiful. When we finish, we lay on the couch. He seems about to go to sleep. I pick up the remote and turn the TV off. Right before I hit the power button, I think I hear a new word, but I'm not sure, and I'm really tired, and Ben didn't seem to notice, but it sounded like it said, kill. The next afternoon, I wake up and Ben is already awake. He's making eggs and bacon, it seems like. Good to see he's making himself at home, I guess. I almost feel like going back to sleep, but Ben has noticed me. Hey. The eloquence that stole my heart. Apparently, he's already finished cooking because he's carrying two plates over to the coffee table. He knocks my legs off the couch where I'm laying and sits down next to me. I sit up reluctantly. Eat. You'll feel better. He's right, but I still don't like being told what to do. He sits close to me and gives me a kiss. Am I too bossy? There are some times that it's nice, I say. He smirks. But yes, sometimes. Ah, see, I like being in charge. I've noticed, I say around a mouthful of bacon. He pauses. Last night. He trailed off as though I could figure out what he was asking, when that could mean anything. Do you feel okay about... about how it happened? He looks a little vulnerable. About what, I ask because I honestly have no idea. About you being drunk. And me. Well, us. The two of us. That's why I had you over. I get your concern, but it's fine. I'm a grown man, Ben. But, you know. The ghost thing. I know it's weird. I don't know what it is, but... I've never seen anything paranormal this up close before, and I was really excited. It's definitely a first for me. He looks over nervously. I don't
don't mind, I had a good time, I say. I'm even pretty sure that's true. Just tell me if something is too weird. I remember last night vaguely. He hadn't really looked at me much. He kept looking over to the TV and the kitchen. I guess we're both getting what we want out of things, but... He's right. It is weird. But part of me wonders if I'm the one who's making it that way. Ben packs another bowl and we sit on the couch and smoke. The silence between us is not an easy one. I feel like I should have something for us to do. I'm the host, after all. But on days off, I usually just drink and smoke and watch videos for hours. I'm never really doing anything. I'm just killing time until I go to work again. After a couple minutes, I start to take our empty plates to the kitchen. Stop. I'll get those. I watch him scurry to the kitchen sink, and I think he's hoping the ghost shows up. When he comes back to the living room, he reaches into his duffel and brings out another bottle of gin. This is what usually does the trick? I'm confused for a minute. The trick for... Seeing the ghost. Oh. Yeah. At least for me. He pours us both a glass. Cheers. Things get easier when we're both drunk. It's the first time I'm not more inebriated than him. After we've had a few, I wave off another. Come on. Don't tell me you haven't day drunk before. I laughed pretty hard at that. I've probably had enough for now. You probably have too. We've had four drinks, and that's nothing. That's pre-gaming. I protest a little more, but take the drink when offered. You pre-game often? In undergrad, with me and my roommates, it was like an Olympic sport. He's grinning at me, and then he punches my arm. I think you'd get the gold medal, though. Ben, I say, very seriously. He looks over with a stupid grin on his face. What is it with you and ghosts, I ask. I'm not complaining, I just... How long have you... When did you first? (laughs) When did I know? I laugh too, but I am waiting for an answer. He pauses. Do you really want to get into this real life stuff? It's not that interesting. He doesn't want to talk about it. And I don't want to press him. It's fine, I say. He stands up abruptly and puts out his hand. When I take it, he pulls me up from the couch and pulls me toward my bedroom. You're too drunk, I say, once we're inside. He laughs and pushes me down onto the bed. He stands in front of me and pulls my chin so I'm looking up at him. I'll tell you when I'm too drunk. He didn't spend the whole time looking for some kind of paranormal activity, so this was a better run than last night on the whole. But part of me wonders if this was just to change the subject. Afterward, he actually dozes off. In a few minutes, I do too.
I woke up to Ben gently pushing my arm off of him. I pulled it back and rolled over and checked my phone. It was nearly 7 p.m. How long did we sleep, I asked. I realized that I didn't even know what time we woke up the first time. A couple hours, maybe? <sighs> we head into the living room. It's just starting to get dark outside. Ben pours a couple glasses of gin and gets another bowl ready. We're both pretty tired, and I know that I'm still not sobered up from before our nap. But we drink and watch some paranormal investigator videos. Do you have gear like that? I ask him. I'm teasing, but I also kind of wonder. Ben shakes his head. Nah, I'm a poor grad student. That shit's expensive. I did bring something, though. I don't really like the sound of that, but at this point, I'm not experiencing strong feelings about much of anything. He pulls himself away from me and reaches into his duffel bag. He pulls out a Ouija board. I really didn't mean to laugh, but I'm not at all sober, and something about how solemnly he pulled out this Milton Bradley knockoff cracked me the fuck up. His brow is furrowed, and he shrinks into himself a little. Ben. Ben. He turns away. Ben, come on. I'm sorry. It's not like that. I didn't mean... No. Sorry. It's stupid. Ben, we can use it. I just wasn't expecting it. He is still for a second or two longer before he smiles sheepishly. He stands up and then wobbles and comes right back down. Maybe we should wait a bit before moving around, I say. He leans into me. Maybe just a little. We sit there in silence for a while. It's easy this time. But after I see his eyes starting to the board, I sigh and stand up. Where are we supposed to do this, I ask. Anywhere is fine. I was just thinking that the kitchen might be good. That's where you first noticed activity, right? Okay. I can't believe I'm going along with this. Kitchen it is. I don't remember the setup that Ben did to get the board ready. I fade out a bit, and when I come back, Ben and I are standing next to a counter, and he's putting two fingers from each of my hands in the triangle. He talks for a while, and I was listening until I realized he wasn't talking to me. Until he asks, Do you agree? I come to. Agree with what? The question? Sure, this is your thing, I'm just here for the ride. We have to be in agreement, and intentional. He is dead serious right now. Okay. So, let's ask it, who are you? Sure. Before either of us can actually ask, the triangle starts moving quickly. B-E-N-L-E-A-V-E-D-A-N-G-E-R. Ben, leave, danger. Well, that can't be good. Who are you? I guess it's official this time. M-O-M. O. Ben is standing very still 
His face is ashen. I think maybe I'm going to have to take it from here. Uh, do you come in peace, or do you... My whole body jerks as the planchette slides fast to... Goodbye. Maybe we should call it a night, I say. No! I'm taken aback. To be honest, I'm a little uncomfortable that he's got a ghost fetish and also a dead mom, but you know what? I'm just gonna leave it. I don't need to know anything. The planchette moves again with such force that Ben almost falls into me. G-E-T-O-U-T-G-E-T-O-U-T Get out, get out, get out, get out. The planchette is moving more and more quickly, and Ben and I can't take our hands off of it. I hear the cabinet doors start banging. The grocery list flies overhead. Leave, written on it. The TV flicks on and the lights go out. I guess it's playing its greatest hits, I yell at Ben. It stopped being scary and is just funny to me now. I'm well and buzzed. Ben isn't laughing though. He's looking right at me. No. Not at me. At something behind me. Just then, everything stops. The planchette stops moving. The cabinets stop banging. The TV turns off. The lights come on and then begin to flicker. I looked at Ben. Was it something we said? And then I feel an iron grip on my arm so hard it feels like it could break. I look behind me and see the lights still flashing. Whoever, no, whatever is behind me, I can't make it out. It's like everything around it, the whole border between it and the world has got a glare, but looking up, far up, I can see its eyes. They're filled with rage. And I can see its mouth, and its teeth, and it's not human. It opens its mouth even more and yells, GET OUT! My arm hurts so bad, I can't back away. But next thing I know, Ben has grabbed this thing's arm. He pulls it toward his fly and starts unbuckling his pants. Ben's breathing is heavy. He steps in front of me and plants his lips firmly on this thing's chest. If we don't die, I think I do have some serious questions for Ben. My arm drops to my side as that thing lets go of it. It's picking Ben up high. Ben's feet are close to my head. He's ducking so his head won't hit the roof. And then, just like that, Ben falls. The thing is gone. The kitchen is a mess. Christ. 
Benz groaning on the floor, he had caught himself with his hands on the counter on the way down. Are you okay? I ask him. He turns around and I offer him my hand. And he tries to pull me down to the floor. No, fuck you, man, I say. Get down here now. He's panting. I'm way over my head. We're doing it right here. He's pulling his pants down. Man, I don't know what it is that's wrong with you. That thing tried to kill us, and that's the fucking floor. He pleads more from the floor before getting up and going to my bedroom. This isn't a fetish. It's a compulsion. It's, well, it's a problem. And... If I'm being honest, I guess I do know something about those. I would check on Ben, but next thing I know, I'm dumping all the gin down the sink. I break my pipe, dump my weed in the garbage disposal. I open Ben's duffel bag, I take out all the alcohol and weed he brought and start to dump it as well. I wouldn't have been so bold, but I could hear him in the bedroom and... Yeah, I had done. I went back to his duffel bag, pulling out his clothes to see what else I should get rid of, and what I saw inside made my blood run cold. He had a small doll. Hair like his, marker coloring in his clothes, khaki slacks, and a plaid button-up. It was pretty much what I'd seen him wear most of the time. He had a couple of books about the occult, some weird metal pentagram, there were what looked like spells written on yellow-lined notebook paper. I don't know much about the occult or what the common practice is, but it looked like a hodgepodge of whatever you could find on the internet if you used Google. Christ. Ben isn't just compulsive. He's delusional. I hear Ben finishing up and hurriedly close the duffel. When he comes out, I toss him his bag and point to the couch. Your Uber will be here in about ten minutes. Hey, listen. I'm good, thanks. Darren, I I'm sorry. I got really carried away. That happens sometimes. That's why I said to let me know if it's too weird. It's too weird. He's quiet. No hard feelings, man. This just... Isn't doing it for me anymore, I say. I don't know if he's embarrassed or ashamed or hurt. He's really withdrawn. I think I'm okay with that. My arm still hurts like a son of a bitch. You can pick up your car when you're sober. If you need me to get the Uber from your place to here, I have a job. I'm fine. He won't look at me. I hope Ben gets whatever help he needs, but... As I'm standing there, still buzzed and tired and stupid, I know that I'm not going to be able to give whatever that is to him. After a couple minutes, though, I feel guilty and think to ask, You do have some place to go, right? I have my own place. Cool, I say. I let him know when the Uber showed up. We don't say anything else to each other. He just walks out of the door. 
I let out a long sigh. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I have a handful of them. After Ben leaves, I watch his Uber's progress with my phone until he's dropped off. It takes a while, and my heart is racing the whole time while I sit on the couch. His apartment is near the university's campus, and I'm pretty far out the south side. Whatever that thing is that Ben and I saw doesn't seem to be making an appearance right now. Everything in my house is normal. But I keep worrying that it will show up. But finally, Ben arrives at his place. And then I call an Uber for me. I'm not staying here tonight. Not while I'm still drunk. I think I'll stay in a hotel a couple days. Hell, maybe the whole weekend. I pick a hotel really close to where I live, and that night, I sleep well for maybe the first time in weeks. The next morning, I look up therapists and psychiatrists in the area. I figure out where my insurance information is so I could look for doctors in network. I also look up some local support groups for substance abusers. It might have taken a ghost to make me see it, but I wasn't okay. And I've got too much I want to do not to try to fix things. I'm gonna beat this. That night, I don't even have to white knuckle things. Not just because I had been drunk or hungover for days in a row. I just don't want to be drunk. I don't need any gin to get through a day. I'm not perfect. This isn't a redemption arc, but I feel different. I know I'm not happy, and it feels so much freer to say that than to deny it. Maybe I'm going to be okay in the end. Saturday night, and my long weekend is almost over. I'm not quitting everything. I'm still chain-smoking cigarettes. Before bed, while sober, I did pull up grinder, just to have a look around. Ben's online, and one of the first profiles I see. Good. He can find somebody else to get freaky with. I start to scroll, but then do a double-take. Ben is less than a mile away, but his place is miles away from the south side. I've got a bad feeling. And god damn it, my car is at my house. I have to call another Uber. Feels like hours before my driver gets here. When he does, I give him a 20 and ask him to book it. I don't know if that's cool or not, but it's what I do. He drops me off at my house, and inside I see the lights flickering. Ben's car is still parked out front. The brick where I keep my spare key is on the ground. Before I can ask my driver to stay, he peels away. I don't know what's happening, but I know I have to go inside. I'm sober now. I'm not a small guy. I can fight off something bigger than me, right? Right? I head to the front door and open it. The lights immediately go off, but I'm ready for that. My cell phone flashlight is on, and I look to the kitchen and see Ben on the floor in front of the counter. His eyes are shut, and it doesn't look like he's conscious. It doesn't make any sense to be quiet, but I am. 
I walk slowly and as quietly as I can into the kitchen. I leave the front door open. With every step, I can feel a mounting dread. I don't know where that thing is, but I don't want to let it know I'm here if I can help it. I am halfway through the living room, and I see a metal pentagram on the floor. Because, of course it is. I'm sober. It doesn't do anything when I'm sober, right? But it takes me a long minute to get to the kitchen. There's a Ouija board on the counter above Ben. His chest is moving up and down, so he's breathing at least. And on the floor near Ben, I can see the doll. I reach over to pick it up, and Ben's eyes shoot open. They aren't his eyes. They're wild and manic, and he speaks with a voice that sounds different. Get out! Ben, or whatever that is, stands up slowly, and the lights start to flicker. And I see that behind him, his shadow is far taller than he is. He comes for me, and I don't know if he is going to have any kind of supernatural strength, so I dodge out of his way. He falls past me in the living room. I think whatever it is in Ben's body is not used to it yet. It's clumsy. And I realize suddenly... It's drunk. I don't know what that gets me, but I do feel a little better. I see the Ouija board, and while Ben is stumbling around in the living room, I put my fingers on the planchette. Ben's mom, if you're there, I'm going to need some help. Ben's in a bad way. Ben is standing up. The planchette starts moving. K-I-L-L-D-O-L-L. Kill doll. P-E-N-T-A-G-R-A-M Pentagram Ben turns toward me, his mouth in a snarl I see the pentagram in the living room And before I even have time to think I barrel into Ben to knock him into it Not much of Ben's body is in the pentagram But upon touching the metal, he screams I run to the kitchen and grab the doll I don't know what to do with it But I end up running to the sink I put the doll in the garbage disposal And turn it on I look over and see Ben writhing on the floor. And it's hard to see, but I see a large figure, the one that is casting his shadow, start to move away. I still can't really see much of it except for its eyes. They are furious. Ben's body suddenly goes slack and all the lights go out. I'm still for a minute, but I don't have time to lose. I go to Ben's body. Nothing happens. So far, so good. He's breathing. I brush his hair out of his face. He groans and slowly opens his eyes. What happened? I'm too amped up on adrenaline to be properly angry, but I give it my best shot. You broke into my house and nearly got us both killed, I say. Oh. Oh, shit. And he cries, which makes me feel bad, but I have really had enough of this. Ben, listen, 
You're okay. We're okay. This has been like a wake-up call for me, actually. I'm going to sober up, just... I don't know, maybe you should too? I'm not a good example. Cut out the alcohol, maybe? And knock it off with a cult if you don't know what you're doing? And don't make any more fucking dolls! I feel terrible giving advice, given that I'm all of one day sober. But it feels like I have to say something. He starts to pack up his stuff. It's quiet and awkward. Ben, do I need to worry about you coming back after today? He looks at me. No. I got in over my head. I am not doing this again. Ever. I commit to only hooking up with guys in their 40s from here on out. When he packs up the Ouija board, I notice that the planchette is sitting on goodbye. Your mom helped you out, by the way, I tell him. I don't know why. He nods. Guess there really isn't much to say to that. I drive him back to his apartment. It's raining pretty hard out, so I have to go slower. So this long ride feels even longer. We pretty much stay quiet the whole time. He directs me to the street where his apartment is. Some house chopped into six pieces. No hard feelings? No hard feelings. Bye now. I don't push him out the door literally, but... Well... He leaves pretty quickly. And then I drive back home and start planning what the rest of my life is going to look like. I get home and I'm worried things might start moving around or turning on and off again, but they don't. Weeks pass and I stay sober. I actually swear off Grinder too, for a few months at least. Everything stays calm in my house. I'm on antidepressants, which are a lot less taxing than booze. By the time a year has passed, I've renovated the kitchen. I cook now. I made a point to see my friends more often. I opened up to them about a lot of my problems. They were really cool about it. They don't drink around me. It's been a great year. I don't know why I didn't do this earlier. I'm out one Saturday in the late spring, a year later. It's a little hot, but not terribly so. I'm stopping by a coffee shop close to Woodland Park. And who's in front of me in line? Ben. I almost don't say anything, but I don't feel great about how I left things. We both had some pretty compulsive behaviors, and we indulged them even if it was harmful to us or each other. But I was older. Should have known better. Just as I'm gearing up to say hello, he turns around. He looks surprised, but then he smiles at me. Hey, you. Hello, stranger. He looks a little nervous for a minute. Do you want to sit down? Sure. After we order, we're at a table in the back room. It's a little awkward, but we do some catching up. 
Honestly, we didn't know that much about each other to begin with a year ago, so there's not that much to catch up on. I'm sober now. He's graduating and getting a doctorate out of town. He has a boyfriend, too. I'm really glad things are working out, I tell him. Me too. I'm happy for you. It sounds like you're in a better place. Definitely. He doesn't ask about the ghost, and I'm grateful for that. Nothing else supernatural has happened at home, and I really prefer not to think about it. We finish our coffees and get up to leave. He gives me a hug, and I return it sincerely. And then we go outside, and he starts walking back to campus. This could have been a happy ending. I could have left it at that, but I couldn't help myself. During our chat, sometimes I would notice a glint in his eyes. Just for a second. It never stayed long, but it reminded me of something dark. Something inhuman. I tell myself that I'm just making things up, but while Ben walks away, I take my phone and snap a picture of him. He's down the street and out of sight by the time I look at my photo reel. My heart stops in my chest as I look at the shadow he's casting. It's far too big for his frame. And then I watch as the photo slowly fades to gray. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 13. If you like what you've heard, stop what you're doing and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been The Long Weekend by Kayla Ritchie. Narrated by Zach Labresco, Ben was Brett Keating. Editing and sound design by Liz Walker. Music by Kayla Ritchie. With assistance from Brooke Jeanette, Bridget Howard, and Ian Epperson. Our producer-level patrons are Rick Linville, Tattooed Fox, Rhiannon, Sean Geary, Autumn Harbor, and Anthony Diaz. Thanks for your support. Our Patreon partners get access to an exclusive Discord channel to chat with the creators and a second monthly reading. Merch, bloopers, behind-the-scenes content, and weekly updates on the show. We're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at some version of 13pod or pod13. Just look for the logo. And seriously, come say hi. We'll have links in the show notes. If you'd like to submit a story to be performed on the show or contact us about anything else, get in touch at info at 13podcast.com. You can find it in the show notes. Bridget Howard is sitting in your notifications. Thanks for listening. See you next month. Thank you.